0: Feeling like you can trust that wherever you're going next and whatever you're experiencing is where you're meant
1: to be. Not even in, like, the most, like, spiritual, like, I'm being physically pulled way, but just, like, a peace in that I don't need to, like, control the day or what's happening. Um, and I think it's more of, like, a mindset that you can enter, and it has to be, like how you're feeling that day, who you're with, right, what it's like, um, just feeling at
0: peace and, and just willing to let go and just go with the flow.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. Please excuse my voice, I've been quite sick the last few weeks, and my voice is slowly recovering. But yeah, welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I am joined once again by my friend Jessica, who was the guest in the first podcast episode on self-honesty and introspection. But this time, instead of just Jessica, we're joined by her partner, Ollie. The three of us just have a conversation about sacrifice in romantic relationships, about what sacrifice means, and also how it applies to our other relationships, you know, our friendships, our relationships with our family. If you listen through the entire episode, you'll find that our conclusion is actually a little bit different from the premise that we set in the very beginning of our conversation. And... It's just really interesting to hear Ollie and Jessica's experience um, being in a long distance relationship since Ollie is from Australia and Jess is from Denmark originally, and how they've decided to move through life together as a couple now living in Norway. But I'll let them kind of describe more of their situation. Just a forewarning, the audio isn't as great this time around, but I hope that you can bypass that and still enjoy the content of the podcast episode. So yeah, here we go. <laughs> I'm
2: already roll.
1: Okay, welcome back to the podcast, Jess. And welcome to the podcast, Ollie. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Shane. <laughs> <laughs> if you've heard the first episode, you've heard Miss Jessica already talking yes. about self-honesty and introspection. So, Ollie, maybe you want to introduce yourself for our audiences.
0: Mm, okay. Well, yeah, I'm Ollie, and I'm I'm 25, and I'm from Australia originally. Um, I'm Jess's boyfriend or partner. How did from, you guys meet? Oh, super romantic. <laughs> Uh, we met in the Philippines, we were both doing a, uh, an internship with an NGO over there and then spent a few months, I think four months over there and then hit it off pretty quick and then kind of separated, went our different ways, just went back to Denmark and I went back to Australia.
1: But you guys were still together this entire time?
0: Yeah, yeah, we were. We we kind of made that decision before we left.
1: For a pretty early relationship, like four months, you guys were pretty committed already to do long distance like that.
0: Yeah, for
2: sure. I didn't think too much about the geographics. I think I thought more about the moment and what I felt in the moment. I think I've always had like a really open mind to the world and just been open to all kinds of possibilities. So I didn't see the geographics as being a problem.
0: I, did. I definitely thought about the geographics as being something that would be an issue, I guess, that we'd had to inevitably overcome, but it was, for me at least, it was definitely more that I was just, there was something about the connection that we had that was kind of unavoidably screaming at me that I couldn't, I couldn't kind of neglect it. And I had to, I had to pursue it whichever way that was going to go.
1: How long were you guys on distance
0: <laughs> for? At least a year of on and off, like yeah. back and forth between here and Denmark. Yeah, maybe a little bit more even.
1: But then you guys still had the mentality that you guys were going to be in the same base.
2: I think I think that's what always made me think less about the geographics, Was that we had some plan because we were both at the stage where we had finished uni. I didn't have any jobs. It wasn't tied down to job or university or anything. So for both of us, we were quite open. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it was. Completely came down to the life stage so we we're both at. We we're both in a very flexible position. Yeah. we were able to kind of travel and move around, and it wasn't going to have that many consequences.
2: And I think that fact that we mm. had that liberty mm. to could be able to go to wherever I think made it at least easier for me. And
1: you've moved all the way from Australia to Norway.
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jess also moved from from Denmark, but. uh that's true. Geographically, it's a yeah, it's a smaller move, but we've both moved mm-hmm. away from everything that we know. I guess.
1: But maybe that's also to clarify: is that Jess? It's because you had a PhD yeah, here, yes. and so you had to be situated here. So it was that like you both could have gone anywhere in the world? But mm-hmm. the reason why you chose yeah. Bergen was because you have a PhD going yeah, on here. Yeah. But did you feel any Ollie, any apprehension before moving here?
0: I did. I did
1: why
0: i would say the reasons that i felt apprehension were more practical like they were actually just logistically based they weren't i wasn't apprehensive about you know missing friends or missing family or you know the things that i wouldn't have at home i was apprehensive about how i was actually going to find work in a place that i didn't speak the language and i was apprehensive about would i actually fit into a culture here and
2: I guess also would we work? Yeah, would we're, we would we do yeah, exactly. this?
0: Yeah, because we'd never actually set base. We'd basically spent the last two years, a year and a half, I guess, at that point, going back and forth and never really having a really long stay in a place that we were solid, where we're actually based. I guess there was a little bit of apprehension about wondering how it would be to actually just mm. kind of commence a normal life, where yeah. you know just a general day to day working coming home from work and everything around that and how that would feel and yeah. whether it would be too much just being on top of each other straight away.
1: Yeah. But what made you want to make this decision? Moving here?
0: Well, that's definitely only Jess. <laughs> I don't really have – I don't think I really have, if I was completely honest, any other reason why I'd, I'd choose to live in somewhere like Bergen, I think. I've, I feel like I've, I've definitely kind of had to forego a lot of my muses that I would have had back home, but yeah, it it would, it would definitely be down to Jess, but that doesn't mean that I'm in my mind. I've at least put all the pressure on it being, I enjoy myself only here because of Jess.
1: But I feel like you sacrificed quite a bit, Molly. I mean, the love of your life, right? Besides Jessica, (laughs) the love of your life is surfing. And that's not something that you can have so easily here.
0: No, not so easily, but it is still something that is definitely achievable. And it, I guess, it depends on where you're at in the in the progression of something like surfing. Like I've enjoyed it for so many years that it's got to a point where I really enjoy looking for something different. You know, we we are so blessed back home with having it pretty constantly. We can travel an hour or two either way up the coast and get pretty amazing, pretty amazing waves. Uh, but we've done that for so long that having something that's completely different like no I was actually that was like something that was actually appealing to me I didn't see it as as much of a sacrifice as mm-hmm. I think maybe other people did because I was actually
2: Exciting. I was actually kind of yeah I was a
0: bit excited yeah. I was drawn into that but I do feel like I sacrificed aspects of my life that I know that I really enjoy and I put on a hold friendships that really mean a lot to me but it was very I definitely have a a kind of way of thinking about this in that it's all it's all on me this decision was not jess pressured me into this decision this was very much i've made a conscious decision to actually choose this so i have no i never had a a real feeling of oh this is just a huge sacrifice to make this work because then inevitably that would just make this feel like a burden it would burden it would burden jess and it would burden me so my mentality towards it has always been that it's been a conscious decision for me to actually want to do this so this is a, a choice i've made not because I'm losing things, but because I'm opting for a different path at this time. It's not necessarily that we live in this area, I mean, in Bergen forever, but it's, it's just opting for a different path at this time. i really tried to make sure that I open my mind while I'm here to try and actually embrace whatever different opportunities are possible, I guess, in this place versus not just what is not possible that I might have mm. had back home.
2: You yeah. did have a little before before Christmas, before we went back to Australia, where you quite, well, much more relied on mm. my happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. yeah it's, now. Oh, it's been hard. It's definitely been hard. Mm. I don't think there's any denying. No. It's I mean,
2: there's
1: definitely it's an hard. adjustment mm. period that has to happen. Oh, my yeah, God, yeah. No.
0: it's been definitely been super hard. Mm. And there's been times where I've been like completely, I know that I'm like completely entirely reliant on Jess which is like the worst most straining thing ever on a relationship and I know that but there's also I felt like there was nothing that I could really do I just got to a point where I was you know I was really not enjoying myself even if it was just for a week I just was I'd seen that much rain As we yeah, maybe to rain. give
1: context, but Bergen rains how often? Like ninety-seven percent. Well, depending on context, thing,
0: we got like in January this year, we got what like the same amount of rain as Perth gets in a year, or something. I think it
2: rains every day. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. almost every day. It rains
0: every day. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, there, was, there were there definitely <laughs> times that were not easy. But it,
2: it... I feel like you definitely changed your mindset. Like you actively, quite quite actively, recognised the things you you were here. Felt quite shitty, we went back over Christmas to Australia and then you recognised, you had some time to recognise the things that you really disliked about being in Bergen and things you really liked about Australia, made some realisations and then came back here with a mindset of like, I know the things that I love, I I think I can find them, I can try at least and find them here
0: yeah I, don't, I i really learned a lot about what made me tick i think in this trip i' I've, I've, ne- I've never until this point in my life really understood how much certain things that you think might just be trivial but actually yeah. are so detrimental to your happiness. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about myself i think and what I need and mm-hmm. what things i actually you know enjoy but don't necessarily need to actually keep me happy.
1: did you guys work through that together? Or did you work through that yourself?
0: No, I think we definitely worked all together.
1: I was
2: gonna say you didn't work that out by that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that was like. Oh, I guess it was actually together. I had on my.
0: I had on my ship, but, I, but you, I, I. You told would, you whenever I had. Yeah, you would tell me that stuff.
2: it it would be very effective. for you if I was stressed about work and I would come home being stressed about work you could notice that and it wouldn't get any happiness out of your indie when I came home and stuff like that. So there were definitely adjustments that I had to make mm-hmm. in the way that I lived quite a selfish life. And then now coming back after Christmas, I realised that I lived a really selfish life and then realising I needed to tie that down and then figure out that we're actually two people here wanting to start a life together here. Yeah. So, yeah, in that sense, absolutely. And then I think you figured out things that you needed or
0: I definitely think we did it together. Yeah. I mean, it was I obviously had to do a lot of the reflecting myself, but I think it wouldn't have actually functionally done anything positive to our relationship, me working through those things, if we hadn't worked through them together and Jess didn't know where I was at. I think that was like the kind of key aspect of working through that was the fact that Jess knew where I was at when I was at that point. Mm-hmm. So that at the very least, she had the chance to, to try and, you know, bring me out of slump if I was in a depressed rain-induced coma in bed.
2: <laughs> I think it's really important to have the support of your partner, at least when, if you have a partner when you do these kind of moves to other cultures, is that, is that you feel the support and you feel that the other person is willing to sacrifice. And I think what really changed was that all you sacrificed a lot to move to Norway. For my from from me having a position here. But when now that we went to Australia and we were supposed to travel travel back to Norway on New Year's Eve together and and I kind of pushed Ollie to stay in Australia, then I think that he in feeling that I can also make a sacrifice for him. I think that really does something that we we're both willing to give and when you prove that it becomes easier to adjust to another culture because you know that you have each other's back in another way, I feel.
1: Yeah. But do you feel like when Ollie first moved here, so we're talking pre-going back to Australia, mm. um, do you feel like you also felt like a burden as a partner who basically your partner sacrificed so much to be Absolutely. here with you?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I felt a lot. I felt a big burden with that, Absolutely. I did, and in many ways, I wanted I wanted him to make friends and try to force things, but while also learning that he makes friends in another way than I do, and maybe doesn't have the same need as me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then also trying to live, having my life and still having this, because when you when you move to a place as a couple, and you both kind of knew, so I lived a couple of months in Norway before they came. So I had a little pre-adjustments, I guess. Yeah. But, but moving us together to a new country makes you feel really like we only got each other in this
0: place. Mm.
2: But it's really important that I think the most important thing is that you actually are able to find your individual life in this new place. Definitely. And I f- that, I found, was really hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was. That was, I think, the hardest part for mm. me as well. I've never been in a situation where I felt like, you know, I've had to forcefully seek new friends or I've had to forcefully push myself into new groups or activities or yeah social cliques.
1: You know, yeah. I think that's also just a matter of moving to a different country mm-hmm. because I also feel the same way. I mean, you and I have also talked about me moving to Belgium mm-hmm. and I went really for my work, my career, right? And I didn't have any friends there. And I think it's very difficult because... I think when you move as an adult with a career, it's very different to moving as a student, Mm. right? Because I think when we met in uni, Mm. it was that we had this commonality, this common space that we would all go to almost every day. Mm. So you had to kind of interact with other people and you kind of have this natural progression of relationships. Mm. Whereas if you move somewhere, like now all you've moved here, or if you move for a career or anything like that, you don't have that same space so you really have to on your own will push yourself out there and have a social life with people because you don't have that common space you actually have to find a common space Mm. right
2: but it's even the same with uh, having moved for it's a not the same comparison but it's almost the same comparison that you moved for a career and only moved for a partner because Mm. the The burden that you put on that thing that you moved there for Mm is still the same, right? You moved to Brussels putting everything in your heart. You laid it all on that work. That work had to be good. That work had to be enjoyment and and you question that but a lot. I because guess of you put yeah, that yeah. on that job, yeah.
1: right? And I think similarly to a relationship, when you put so much on that one thing, mm. it actually can destroy you exactly. in many ways. It doesn't yeah. become yeah. It,
2: it doesn't live up to the expectations because, because that,
1: that's only one part of your yeah, life. Like exactly. it can't be your life, right? Because yeah. I think that was the part where I failed in Brussels. I mean, I tried at the very end to go out and stuff, and I had, like, my flatmate and Julie, who was really awesome. Uh, shout out to Julie. <laughs> She's going to be listening to this it, so Um But, like, I think that's the part where I failed because I think I destroyed a part of myself living for two years in a city that I didn't enjoy living in, mm. and I was only there because of my career, mm. and I just did like... I really think a part of me died. Mm. Like it sounds kind of overdramatic, but I think now I'm getting out of it. You know, like this is the whole aspect of what I was expressing to you earlier the other night about how I felt kind of weak in mm. some sense, because I just felt like I would hold myself up when I was in Brussels, you know, because I was so focused on my career, but I didn't have a life outside of that really, mm. you know? Mm. I mean, I had Jan, but that's different like i would escape my reality Mm. to be in another reality so i feel similarly if you move for a relationship and you put that much pressure on it and that becomes your only source of life Mm. you know it it can also destroy you and the relationship i think i
0: think that's why you can't have that i I really think that you cannot have going into a situation like that the attitude that Everything is reliant on this relationship being what it is. It Mm -hmm. has to work. It has to be perfect. You know, otherwise this is just a monumental waste of money, time, and everyone's energy. Um, And I think that's why I don't know if subconsciously I forced myself to think those things about, I've got quote fingers happening, but sacrifice, all the sacrifices that had to be made to move. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I forced myself kind of to make those decisions that it wasn't going to be something that I was like, putting pressure on the relationship or putting pressure on the situation to be equally or more enjoyable to me than what it is back home. Mm. It was a new experience and it was something that I was choosing and that to me was reducing that pressure on me. I knew that it would be still really hard for Jess because, you know, if I put the shoes on the other person, I could completely understand where she would be coming from. Mm. If she'd come over to me, I would feel this expectation to, make sure she really felt at home all the time. But that is too much. Like that is actually too much mm-hmm. for the person who's already living there. That's too much to to try and fill that void of what they had back home because you're not going to be able to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. So You well, we already do, right, because uh, Norway is not my – Home,
0: I know, but it's my
2: culture, yeah. yeah. So, we really had like yeah. this culture thing where it's like if Oli says something bad about Norway, and I'm like, oh, but I can recognize that in my Danish heritage because it's all Scandinavian,
1: it's all Scandinavia, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: and then I take that really hard, yeah. And it's the same when I come and visit you in Australia, you, you're you very like, oh, you don't love Perth, you don't <laughs> love Freeman, or like, you don't love this lifestyle, like, it means a lot to you that. You're really vulnerable when you take your partner to a place that is where you're from. Yeah. Because even though there are things you don't like about it, you're kind of not willing to see. We're not willing to admit those things.
1: But is it a deal breaker question if like your partner doesn't like these places where you're from? Because I would imagine that it's Mm. actually it's... (laughs) kind of a big deal
0: yeah (laughs) it's a very uniquely like international relationship issue i think yeah i think you won't ever have that if you are yeah with someone back and this is where it was so difficult for me i'd never even considered this right i would lived in the same place for 25 years like i've never even thought about someone having to adjust to the things that i love because the people that i would choose to be around would obviously be people that would enjoy the things that i love because they're there as well yeah but then having Jess come over and see these things that I've always thought, uh, yeah, yeah, oh my god, these things are just. I love being around the coast, and I love these places that I go on weekends. Oh, really
2: big mm-hmm. parties with like at least hundred people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was like a I'd never considered the fact that I would have to expect someone to adjust to the things that I loved. Yeah, and that was something that was way harder to work through than I think we both anticipated. That cultural difference and, like, making that, I guess we both made, like, a social compromise and a cultural compromise to be able to actually really slowly try to understand each other's cultures and what actually makes us love where we're from and Mm -hmm. be so passionate about the things we're passionate about.
1: I mean, that's also the beauty, I think, of the both of you is that as individuals you're very open-minded to Mm -hmm. other cultures, I think. And I mean, I think there's always going to be in any case of adjustment process for culture. Mm. You know, like there's always going to be culture shock if you move somewhere, even from like Denmark to Norway. There's still even if it's Scandinavia, it's like some small things, you know, and I think particularly so in a relationship, just being aware of that culture and accepting Mm. of that culture at a compromise of your own culture doesn't mean that you forsake it you know Mm. that it's gone forever yeah but it's that you've opened yourself up in how you expand your own world Mm. right Mm. and i think that will always have some kind of stretch some kind of challenge to it because your world is expanding if your world doesn't expand how could you ever expect to be stretched, to be pulled. And it's it's literally like growing pains, right? Like mm. when you're going through puberty or something and you're <laughs> shooting up an inch every month or so, you you feel pain, you know, because your body is literally expanding. Mm. And I think it's the same with your world. When you expand, every time you're introduced to a new culture, to a new space or whatever, you're going to have this shock. You're going to have this stretch, this part of yourself that's going to have to grow and hurt for a little bit mm. but then it becomes a part of your world and it becomes a part of you and then
2: yeah but the biggest thing was that you uh you make an assumption on each other being yeah. from uh quotation marks western <laughs> countries right yeah and um, anticipating that we are both from western countries you Make a quick assumption. We feel like we have the same morals, the same values. Mm-hmm. We enjoy the same things.
1: I mean, you guys met diving. Like you would think that exactly. you guys think you would enjoy think, the same passion.
2: Yeah, and it? and and we do, and we're yeah. just really lucky. But we just didn't anticipate there being cultural differences. Yeah. Still, right. Yeah. And I think that's been the hardest part is that they came as a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think so. There's, I mean, as you say, those grow, like those growing pains were. Mm. I think I was maybe more from my side. I think those growing pains had to happen and they were more, more severe and had more of an impact on our relationship because I probably thought that I was more adjusted to different cultures than I am because we are very multicultural back home. Mm -hmm. But in a way we're also not, we're exposed to it, but it all becomes slightly diluted when it's in one place.
1: That's true. And when you can still go home to what you're familiar with. yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when I moved to somewhere that was, I mean, looked not that dissimilar to my own culture yep. in terms of the ethnicities that mm. were walking around me and all the things. And the, the fact things.
1: that it's just a Western yeah. civilization. Mm. Yeah,
0: exactly, mm. yeah. It didn't feel like it was super foreign, but then there were so many things that I was so far from ready to be adjusted to mm-hmm. and they really took me by surprise and I, I really did try as hard as I could to kind of keep that open mind and be... I suppose, as absorbing as possible to all the differences. But Mm -hmm. there were times when it was just inevitably overcoming to me and I could not avoid how much it would just kind of shake my core and make me think about everything back home and wish that I was just back there in that comfortable space where I knew everything and, you know, everyone and all the things that I loved and everyone else also knew these things.
1: Yeah. But I guess I also want to, because now we talked a lot about cultural sacrifices that you've kind of made, if we can even call it that. It's not that you sacrifice your own culture, but you subject yourself to a different culture that you're definitely not used to. Um, But I was just thinking, like, do you guys think that you make the most sacrifices in your romantic relationships? Or do you feel like there are sacrifices that you make in your other relationships, like your friendships or with your family?
0: I would say you definitely make more sacrifices. Maybe in this order, actually, I'm going to say in this order.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, at least.
0: I would say you make the most sacrifices with your relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. Second to me would be your family and third would be your friends.
2: You were definitely
0: friends before family. No, I think family, absolutely. You, I know, at least me speaking for myself, I definitely don't. I think that there, oh, are, there are aspects of family to where I'm honest, like, to be
1: honest, I think in many ways your friends are very accepting of anything, that exactly. You do, yeah. Right? yeah, I mean, you're friends with them, yeah, but you yeah, know that nothing yeah. will break that, you know, if you're absolutely. if you have a strong bond, and
0: you ch- you've, ch- you've chosen those friends presumably because and you've kind of weeded out people that have not haven't met certain expectations mm-hmm. for you, and you mm-hmm. haven't been able to get enough from friends or you haven't been able to give them enough yeah and so because of that you end up with people that you know are really really that end up close
1: to you in a a way i guess it is about proximity how your decisions would impact your relationship right because i would imagine like with your friendships your decisions don't necessarily impact it as much because for example like when jess decided to move to bergen for a phd i was like yeah awesome because I knew that this is amazing for her, you know, like I'd be there to support her. I knew I would visit her. That wasn't even a question, yeah. you know, whereas I think with, even with her family, cause you were choosing a PhD between Australia and here. Yeah. And then if you went to Australia, that'd be a pretty far trip, you know, but obviously it, it would have been positive also for your relationship. But then, The person that your decision impacts the most is actually your partner in many ways, especially if you guys want to be together physically. I think your decision impacts them the most, and I think that's why sacrifices come into play because there's a larger impact there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess you just don't have that same – you don't have that same reliance Hmm. in, like, a friendship or even with – Definitely not with your family. I think family, you can, you can go a very long time without physically seeing your family mm-hmm. and nothing is going to change for a lot of people. Yeah. But with a relationship, some aspect of physicality really comes into play. Mm-hmm. And if, in most circumstances, I think this is probably the case, is that if you don't have that physical aspect, uh, it becomes difficult in a, probably a shorter amount of time than you would think it would. And I think after even a few months, you you generally really start to see, unless you've been together for maybe you know 10 years or something and you've just always been together, mm-hmm. you, you'll start to come across these these things that are much harder to overcome when you're not actually physically able to see each other and read each other mm-hmm. uh, that I think can make a massive impact on your relationship. And if you're not there, then I think it, it inevitably – place is a ridiculous amount of pressure that will probably lead to it crumbling unless you're coming from an outrageously solid yeah. position or a place where you've just accepted that this is where you will be forever and you're both on the exact same Do you page. think
1: that's a big reason why, I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious answer, but do you think that's maybe a reason why the two of you decided to move to the same place? It's because you don't want your relationship to crumble?
0: Oh, definitely. I think that if we didn't, I th- I think inevitably if we did not end up more or less in the same place, mm-hmm. at least speaking for myself, I know that I couldn't, based on what we did for that over a year, I know that I couldn't have done that for much longer. Yeah. Like we got close, and I think Jess would agree with me here, that we got pretty close to a limit of being about as far away from each other as we'd want to be for a, for that time. Yeah. Uh over those extended months but we weren't able to see each other so having that and being able to actually just be near each other whether we're actually seeing each other that much of the day or not it doesn't really matter the fact that we're actually just able to see each other if we need to see each other is something that has definitely made a massive difference in just being able to overcome those tiny little niggly things if you have some kind of petty discussion that if you're far away, you know, things get lost in translation and messages can become your worst enemy because they can be read in whatever way they want to be read. And if your partner's in a, in a strange headspace from a bad day at work or whatever and they read a message that hadn't, you know, never had anything bad intended behind it, mm-hmm. it can be completely, you know, perceived in the wrong way and then that can just spark something that is, So difficult to deal with when you're not there and able to just actually be like, look, you know, you've just completely misread the message. There's nothing bad going on at all. It's just you've just misread the message.
2: And you can't feel each other. So in a romantic relationship, words, at least for me, tend to become almost nothing because I can't feel it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in friendships, uh, I feel like you don't tell each other enough how – you appreciate the other person. So when you actually do, that can be, like, enough to make that whole relationship keep going. Like, Paulina texted me yesterday. She was like, am I only going to see you for two days? And I was like, okay, I'll try and come longer. But even just that she says that, and then she said, I'm not going to let you go. And I'm not, you know, yeah, yeah. that's like, that is going to make me be like, I'll I'll sacrifice anything to go and see her. Hmm. And for a, a friendship, that's really big. Mm. But for a romantic relationship, that has already gone without. It's saying. almost like an
1: expectation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you have to start. It becomes more important to feel each other. I feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the move is so important to do. Yeah, I do believe that long distance relationship is possible. <laughs>
1: Uh as long as it's as, hard,
2: yeah. But as long really as hard. as long as you have that uh end goal of and you can see the end of it, yeah. I think that's the important thing. You can see the end of it.
1: But I think it's also the fact that you both have to be on the same page for how the end of the long distance relationship looks like, yeah. Because I think if you don't have that same vision, it's not going to work out and it will crumble. Absolutely. You will let it crumble. Mm. But in the grand scheme of things. I feel like every relationship has sacrifices.
2: Absolutely.
1: And to be honest, I don't really see sacrifices to be such a negative thing.
2: Oh, no.
1: Like, I think there are many relationships where they sacrifice an integral part of yourself. And I think that's when it gets to the point where it's not such a good idea because you really lose a part of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I think there is a spectrum of like to a degree to which you sacrifice certain things for the other person. And I think we make sacrifices every day. And I think it's how you kind of look at it too, because there will be sacrifices where then you will kind of hold your partner. You would really Mm. put it against your partner. Yeah. Like, why did I sacrifice this for For them? Yeah. Like for you. Mm. But I think there are other kinds of sacrifices where you don't even see it as a sacrifice. Mm. You just feel like, yeah, I mean I'm happy to do that because something that you value more.
2: That's what comes I mean. Into- we have we have come to this conclusion without without talking about, it, without saying that we think this has not been a sacrifice for Ollie to move here. Like we don't see it as a sacrifice anymore. We see it as I think a new a new opportunity together.
0: Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, it's not in any way a sacrifice. Mm. I guess per se. there are things that you lose, mm. aspects of your life that change, but it's not you're not sac- I'm not sacrificing my morality and I'm not sacrificing my ethics or mm. my beliefs about what I the think about the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sacrificing what I consider to be relatively trivial things for something that is not trivial to me, which is I suppose you know, in this context, Jess, she's something that is more or less to me in my worldview a constant and things can be easily shifted around given they are not, you know, of so much consequence to my being and to who I am. And if I have to travel a few more hours to surf then that's, you know, in the scheme of this situation, what's gained and what's lost, it's a tiny sacrifice.
2: I think a sacrifice has now become this. If you feel like you lose your value, core yes, we Mm -hmm. say core value, core moralities, then you make a sacrifice. Today, in this modern world, moving across for each other for a couple of years, and you know it's only for a couple of years. It's no longer in the essence really a sacrifice. It's more exploring together and then you can go back to wherever you want. And it's still, it's
0: still open. Like it is still exactly. – I still, I still definitely came with an open mind and just knew that I came with an open mind of mm-hmm. that if I came here and I was entirely miserable in this mm-hmm. weather and I just literally, you know, given I gave the four seasons a run, if I couldn't actually find any part of myself happy here, mm-hmm. I was not just going to – I wouldn't spend four years here miserable because that would inevitably crack our relationship mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have to find some other way around it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it actually sounds more like we're not talking about sacrifices in relationships. I mean, we are, but also I think we've reshaped the conversation to show that it's actually not a sacrifice, depending on how you look at it and what you value and how the decisions that you make are more consistent with the larger thing that you value then.
0: I I think that's a pretty accurate way to say it. Yeah, I would say it's more compromises than uh, than than sacrifices. Hmm. You're not Hmm. losing parts of yourself. I think when you make these decisions, generally,
2: and you have to not be selfish. Like I am so happy and willing to go wherever Oli wants to surf, and I'm Mm -hmm. happily happily supporting that he should go. And I would even buy him flights to just fly (laughs) off and do surf Mm -hmm. for the sake of his happiness. And I think. I think those things are really important. So I think you're definitely two in making it go from a sacrifice to a compromise, making each other, both of you.
1: It's the 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 act of selflessness Mm. in the relationship.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You need it from both directions. I really think you need it from both directions. If one is pulling a lot more and one is not, then I think you inevitably run into trouble. But if if you have both of you know you have both sides actually equally contributing to that compromise and mm. i don't really think there's any limit into how far you can push it as long as you're both on board like in this situation mm. jess is and i've known from the start that jess is completely open to you know donating years of her life after this to living somewhere else that's more sunny and closer to, yeah.
2: closet,
0: <laughs> closer to a coast. But even if we don't do that, it's just the idea that I can look in her eyes and she says that to me and I can see that there's sincerity. I know that she means that. That is enough to me to know that there is, you know, there is both sides making a big compromise here, whether it's right now or later. We're both kind of on the same page of the push and the pull.
2: And then acknowledging each other's shitty culture stuff being able to talk and listen listen openly to what all thinks is bad about the Scandinavian or Norwegian culture that has taken me a while and I think being able to listen to it and sympathize with it and understand where it's coming from that is important it's important that you understand where you where your partner's coming from when you do a move
1: hmm. to sum up it sounds like there are things that are necessary for a relationship where you have a vision to be together mm-hmm. one open mindedness two selflessness and three willingness because i think if you have the will to be together you would, you'll try to understand one another and in trying to understand one another, you understand each other's backgrounds. You leave yourself open-minded to you know, the other culture, to what that person wants. And then you become more selfless because there's the will to stay together and be together and experience life together.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Is there anything you would add to this pool of necessity?
0: <laughs> I mean, I do think to some degree it it can be misconstrued this whole act of selflessness because in this situation I know a lot of people back home thought this was a really selfless act that I was doing but it's also kind of selfish absolutely and that's what I'm getting that's what I'm getting at I think that it's from from my perspective I think you need you should be in a relationship acknowledging of yourself and you should be understanding of what it is that you actually need to make yourself happy because you need to be happy if you're going to make another person happy and my decision to move was you know, it wasn't just to make Jess happy. if It was going to make me entirely miserable, and I knew yeah. that. Yeah. I would not have come if I thought that I was going to be completely miserable here. It was also to make me happy. Yeah. So it was a. In some ways, it was definitely a selfish decision on my part to actually choose to come here.
1: I mean, to choose to be together is quite a selfish thing too. On both of course it is. Yeah, right.
0: I think. Yeah. Well.
1: Because you want the other person, mm. you want yeah. them in your life. Mm.
0: Yes. But I think that's a good list of necessities for sure. I think that's... So desire,
1: wanting the other person in your life has to be on the list. Yes. All right, guys, I guess to wrap things up, is there any last minute thoughts that you guys have to share?
0: I think if I had any final suggestions, I think uh, speaking anecdotally, it would be as long as you stay, as cliche as it is, as long as you stay entirely true... To what you feel in this situation, I don't think that there is uh, any 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 compromise that is necessarily wrong. And in this, in my in my circumstance, you know, I didn't feel like I was compromising anything that was true to my like a true core part of myself. So no sacrifice felt like it was too big, and I was I was able to sit down, and I did sit down, and just in a quiet place think about what I would lose and what I would gain and how I felt about changing all of these things and whether I felt like I would change as a person and whether I would be happy with that or not. And by actually listening to what I was saying to myself in a completely safe space where there was no one else, I felt like I was able to come to terms with the fact that, yes, I was completely happy to change these things because I could recognise what was really important to me about myself and what I need to be happy. And I think that has probably made a huge difference in the success that what he seem to have had in making this move, even if it's been hard. I was extremely circular. <laughs> I felt like I, very Australian. I went into I street, mean, what it sounds street 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 like to street 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 me is street what street 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 you
1: circles. what you need a part of what you need to be happy is just Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is it is. It is. I mean that was definitely something that I recognize as what I saw as an unavoidable part of my future or some unavoid- some part of my future that I couldn't avoid at least trying mm-hmm. wholeheartedly was uh, giving, giving this whole thing with Jess a real go and putting everything into it and seeing what happened. So, yeah, I guess you were a part of my necessities.
1: Do you feel like you coming here... You had the right feeling? Yeah, I
0: do. I actually, I really, I really do. I actually had like a, a real moment of clarity, I think, coming here. And I did consciously make myself sit down and think about what I was feeling about all of these moves because it was quite chaotic at times. And I definitely could really, what f- felt very, felt very visceral to me that I could actually kind of grab onto what felt like the the right feeling, I guess, as you say. It nothing about it felt like it was, you know, overly risky or that I was going to lose too much or that I shouldn't do it for any reason, even though there was obviously people that are living back home and there were things that I was living back home that I love and I still do love and they are still there.
1: And you know they'll be there. That's I do true. know they'll
0: be there. And that's what makes this probably possible is that I know that they're all still there when I get back. But I definitely had that feeling where I felt, you know, this was – this was the right, definitely the right, the right decision for me at this time. Whether it worked or whether it didn't work, doing this was actually, you know, something that felt absolutely like it was a no-brainer.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for being so open about mm-hmm. everything. Thanks, staying for Jane. having us. Yeah. Cool.
2: All right, I'll play a little song for you. Oh. Desire. <laughs> what song is that? <laughs> Oh, there the is a the song called Sun." I don't know
1: if I know the song, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play for you So I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Right Feeling podcast and understood a little bit more of sacrifice and compromise from the perspective of just two people who are in love and who are in a committed relationship. Obviously, the concept of sacrifice and compromise will differ from person to person and from couple to couple, so I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts about it and if you've had a similar experience with commitment and compromise. You can feel free to direct message me on Instagram at the rightfeeling underscore. And you can also email me at jane at therightfeeling.org if you don't use Instagram. In any case, um, I'm about to cough out my lungs, <laughs> but I'll see you in the next episode. Have a great week and I can't wait to feel the feels with you next time.